All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. A fresh Monday night teaching, fresh series tonight. Tonight, I want to cover three decisions that will determine your destiny. I want you to go ahead and like this live stream as you're jumping on. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give it a thumbs up. Those of you that are jumping on on Instagram, you're out of my reach tonight, so I can't wave at you, but I'll wave at you from here. Hello, Megan. Hello, Michael. Good to see you. Parker, I love you. God bless you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you again soon. Hello, Brady on Facebook. All right, everybody. Well, as you're jumping on, let me know where you're watching from in the comments. I know Brady's in Iowa. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Megan's in Minnesota. Hello, Serena. Good to see you. Parker's in Tennessee. Unless she's still in Ruston. I think she's in Tennessee. Ilona, it's good to see you again. I know we got people that watch in Ecuador. We got people watching in uh, literally everywhere. Finland, all over the place. Well, as you're jumping on, go ahead. As you're watching on uh, Instagram, down on the bottom right-hand corner, click that paper airplane looking thing. Send it to some friends. Tonight's teaching is going to be powerful. Oh, Serena's in Ontario. I love our Canadian family. This series this week is going to be powerful. I feel like the Lord's just been increasing every single week. But what I'm going to teach on tonight, the first decision. Hey, Hungry Jen in Washington. God bless you, Kelly. Good to see you. We love Hungry Jen over in Washington with Pastor Vlad and his great wife. Tonight's message is the number one decision that will determine your destiny. I want you to type this in the comments. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, type this in the comments and write it down wherever you're at. Say, I play a part in determining my destiny. I play a part in determining my destiny. Now, God has a good, has a pleasing, and has a perfect will for your life. God has an assignment for you to do on the earth. God has a destiny laid out for you, and it's greater than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Abundantly greater. There's anointing there. There's provision there. There's kingdom impact there. There's great reward there. But we play a part in our destiny. We play a part in determining how well we abide and walk in the word of the Lord. Remember, every time God made covenant with somebody, every time God anointed somebody in the Old Testament, what did he say to Abraham, to Joshua, to David, to Moses, reoccurring all the way through? He said, if you'll hearken to my voice, if you'll obey my word, you do not depart from it to the left or to the right, but you stay in my word and do all that I tell you to do. You'll have great success everywhere you go. He says, in fact, you'll even put your hand to things and everything you touch will prosper. It will turn to gold. He said, this is what you'll look like in Psalm chapter one. You'll be a tree planted by streams of water and you'll bear fruit in every season. That means when other people are losing jobs, other people are losing money, other people are just trying to stay afloat, you will prosper when you're plugged in with God. That is what God guarantees you when you realize that you play a part in the destination of your destiny. Part number one tonight is on impartation. Somebody type impartation in the comments for me. Impartation. 
This is a doctrine that doesn't get spoken of a lot. Or if it does, people don't understand the significance behind it. They think it's just something funny to do, to bring an offering to a prophet and get a prophetic word for your life. But they don't understand the importance nor the depth of impartation. Someone someone typed importation. No, not importation. Impartation. <laughs> impartation. Impartation. Somebody once said, the quality of your life is determined by the hands laid on you. The quality of your life is determined by the hands that get laid on you. Hey, Michelle in Massachusetts, God bless you. Make sure you're liking and sharing this on YouTube. Somebody type this in the comments. Part of my destiny is determined by who lays hands on me. Impartation. Impartation. Go with me to Romans. The first chapter. Somebody type in the comments, Romans 1, verse 12. And I want you to put a demand on this tonight. I want you to expect to learn something tonight that's going to totally alter the way that you receive, the way that you walk with the Lord, the power that you walk in, the revelation that you walk in. If you get a hold of this tonight, your life will never be the same. Wherever you're at right now, I want you to believe it and speak it out of your mouth. Say, after this teaching, I will not be the same. Romans chapter 1 verse 12. Listen to what Paul says to the Romans. Actually, we'll start in verse 11. Romans 1 verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be strengthened. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift, that you may be strengthened. Paul had a constant awareness and consciousness of looking to impart. The doctrine of laying on of hands and imparting is taking what God's put in your vessel and transferring it to another vessel, another worthy vessel, I should say. And we'll get into that as well. You don't go running around laying hands on everybody. Paul told Timothy, lay hands hastily. Or don't lay hands hastily. <laughs> lay hands. Everyone, whack, 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 whack. Now he said, don't lay hands hastily. Meaning don't just run around and lay hands and impart to everybody that comes across your path. Be wise. Make people fight for impartation. People, you don't receive anything from God without sacrifice. You don't receive anything from God without sacrifice. Now you receive from God by His grace through faith, but that required the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So everything that you get from God requires sacrifice. But listen to this. He said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be strengthened. Impartation strengthens you. Impartation lifts you up. It blows out spiritual plateaus. It raises your spiritual ceiling. 
That's why if you've ever noticed when you fast and when you pray and you say, God, I need fresh revelation. I need new levels. I'm praying for increase. What does God do? He puts somebody in your life that blows out that spiritual ceiling and raises your spiritual capacity through impartation. So Paul said, I long to be with you to impart to you a spiritual gift. Was that you on the Wi-Fi? No, we're good. Never mind. Sorry, we're good. Hi, Kelly. He said, I long to be with you to impart to you a spiritual gift that you might be strengthened. I want you to write this down wherever you're at. Impartation is to strengthen me. He said, this is so that I may be encouraged together with you by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So Paul had the intention of imparting. Now, I want to teach you about the power of impartation and spiritual fathers in your life. Spiritual mentors and spiritual fathers, the difference. The reason being is because you'll hear a lot of people say, ah, it's the end of the age for celebrity Christianity. The man of God's status is no more. It's everybody on. And they bring this like socialist, communistic view to the body of Christ, which is not biblical at all. People getting mad at honor culture. You only hear this in America and communist countries, which is funny because you'll talk to a lot of <laughs> a lot of conservative people that in the natural, they're all against communism. We don't want socialism. We understand there's hierarchy. We understand how honor works and levels of authority and how checks and balances are to work. But yet they're socialists when it comes to spiritual things. They think everybody's supposed to be on the same level in the kingdom of God. Nope, you won't find that in the Bible. There's over-shepherds, there's under-shepherds, there's generals in the faith, there's a hierarchy in heaven, and there's a hierarchy in the kingdom of God on the earth. God's kingdom has levels of authority, has rankings of authority. It's a military, just like you have a captain, you have a colonel, you have a general, you have a private. There's levels of authority in the spirit. And when you acknowledge that, you'll understand what honor will give you access to, and you'll learn how to receive impartation that you might be strengthened as the Romans were by Paul. Ah, this is so deep. If people will get a hold of this tonight, it will change the entire course of your life, and it will greatly impact your destiny. Now, impartation and submitting to spiritual authority is a spiritual concept. To carnal people, it'll look like you're worshiping a man. It'll look like you're putting too much dependence on a man. That's not it. Americans just don't understand how honor works. You can see it because kids don't honor their parents anymore. They barely honor their teachers, their professors, their doctors, police. You've watched it as dishonor has entered into the body of Christ. But anywhere there's dishonor, you will not receive the oil of anointing. I want you to write that down. Impartation is a spiritual thing. Carnal Christians don't understand it. So they see people that honor men of God and they say, well, we got to get rid of celebrity Christianity. And don't get me wrong. There's some people that use it to get all puffed up and pride. I know it. 
The devil will twist anything that he can. But honor is the doorway to impartation. If you don't understand the law of honor, you will receive nothing. Somebody type that in the comments. Honor is the doorway to impartation. What you're looking for is in somebody. Oh, we lost the camera. I know you can still hear me. Did it turn off? Don't leave anybody. We're still here. Here I am. All right, we're back. We're back. Here I are. <laughs> Impartation is a spiritual concept. Carnal Christians don't understand it. Now, the common misconception is that people will say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, when it says that the Holy Spirit is the only teacher that you need, They'll hear that and they'll think, oh, I don't need to submit to spiritual authority. I don't need to be in the church because people have taken one Bible verse, taken it out of context and built a doctrine on it. Yeah, Brady said the camera does not have honor. You're right, Brady. Hi, Trisha. Good to see you on YouTube. So people have taken this one Bible verse that says that the Holy Spirit is the only teacher that you need. And they've taken it as if they don't need spiritual leaders or mentors in their life. They think, oh, as long as I just go sit in a cave and read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach me everything that I need. Well, that kind of contradicts the entire chapter, or I'll say the entire book of 1 Corinthians, when Paul is talking about the body of Christ coming together, working together, how much God makes us reliant on one another. It says he actually hides heavenly treasures inside earthen vessels. What you need oftentimes is actually in somebody that's in your life. Pastor Hankins says it this way. He said he was praying one day, and uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what he was praying for, but he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, I'm not going to give you something if I put it into somebody else that you're supposed to be in relationship with. So God will actually put what you're looking for, answers to your prayers, in somebody that you're supposed to be honoring so that you can get that heavenly treasure from that earthen vessel. This is a, a deep spiritual truth. If you get this, it'll change your life. God will put what you require to get to the next level in somebody that you're supposed to be in relationship with. And it's up to you to honor them, pursue them in order to catch what they have and go to the next level. And I'll give you some examples from the Bible. But I want you to understand what dishonor will do. The difference between honor and dishonor is that honor is not done only with words. Honor is done with word, with deed, and with substance. I want somebody to type that in the comments for me. You honor with your words, with your deeds, and with your substance. How do you honor your pastor? You don't just honor him with your words by calling him Pastor John. He's not just John. He's not your bro. He's Pastor John. When you acknowledge that, that actually interacts with your confession. And your confession of faith determines what you receive. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, With the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth you confess unto salvation. What you believe in your heart and you speak is called your confession, and it determines what you receive. 
The moment that you don't honor somebody with your confession is the moment you block the oil from flowing into your life and you will receive nothing. So you honor with your words, but also with your deeds, with serving, and most importantly, with your substance. The word honor is actually more specifically talking about material substance than it is anything else, if you study it out. So honor is the doorway to impartation. Impartation is one of the key aspects that will determine your destiny. Even in the world, they say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You can even say it this way, show me who you follow and I'll show you your future. Now, it's actually a spiritual concept, but people have put natural words to it. If you hang out with pornographers, if you're learning, then you're going to end up as a pornographer. If you're learning business from somebody who runs a Ponzi scheme, you're going to end up running a Ponzi scheme. But if you sit under and serve under a man of God, you hang out with men and women of God that are where you're going, that is where you will go and they will actually pull you along. And they'll actually help you get there faster than you could get there on your own. And I'll show you proof of that in the Bible. But really quickly, I want to show you what it looks like when you dishonor. Because a lot of people think that dishonor is speaking poorly of somebody. But not always. Somebody type this in the comments. Dishonor is simply treating somebody as common. Dishonor is simply treating somebody as common. And then I want you to go to Mark chapter 6 with me. Dishonor simply means to treat somebody as common. Mark chapter 6. Look at what happened when people treated Jesus as common. It says in verse 1, He went away from there and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. He went to his own country. He went to his own family, his own friends, his own relatives, his own people that knew him from birth. He went to people that were familiar with him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get this? What is the wisdom that is given to him, that even miracles are done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Dishonor will always lead to offense. And look at what happened. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, so is not without honor, except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was amazed at their un belief. Unbelief will lead to dishonor. Dishonor will lead to offense and it will block the oil from flowing in your life. Many people, Pastor Hankins says it this way, 
You can't receive from an anointing that you criticize. You can't receive from an anointing that you criticize. The moment that you speak dishonor towards somebody, Megan, that was from Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 1. The moment that you speak dishonorably towards somebody or about somebody, you've officially cut off the flow of anointing. You will not receive impartation from them. And anything that you're ashamed of or you speak against in the Bible, you will never have. So the moment that somebody says, I don't understand honor, The moment somebody speaks against honoring a man of God, they will never receive that revelation. It says Jesus was in awe. He was awestruck by their unbelief. He could not fathom that people had so much unbelief. And because of it, because they were familiar with him and they treated him as common, he even said, hey, you see me as the little boy that was the carpenter's son. And because of that, you don't acknowledge I'm a prophet of God, nor can you acknowledge I'm the son of God. Therefore, you will not receive what other people will receive. You won't receive your healing. You won't receive your miracle. And you definitely won't receive impartation. Don't fall into familiarity. And don't fall into the trap of people telling you that honor is worshiping men and women of God. It is not. Worshiping people is worshiping people. Honor is a concept that needs to be back in the body of Christ in America. Or otherwise, people won't catch impartation to carry the glory in this next generation. I'll be the only one. And I don't want to be alone. So we got to teach people about honor. Amen. Amen. All right. Now I want to show you what's possible by the law of impartation. And you see it time and time again in the Bible. God doesn't always doesn't only raise up one individual when he's raising up a deliverer. God will always have more than one option. He'll always have a backup. He even told Elijah, I've got seven others just like you that haven't uh, bowed the knee to Baal. Don't you worry. I've got backups. <laughs> So if you won't do what God's calling you to do, you best believe he'll find somebody else. I remember there was a time when I was just coming out of the world and I was really taking my time. And I knew I had a call of God on my life. I knew I could preach. I knew I could teach. I knew I was anointed. And uh, it's not by anything I've done. It's simply by the the grace of God. And I'm so very thankful for it and privileged. And uh, it's a blessing. But there came a time where I was walking in a grocery store and I was not hanging out with the right crowd. And I got a phone call from a spiritual father of mine. And he said, Talon, I was just praying and the Lord spoke to me in my prayer time. And he said, you're playing with fire. The people that you're hanging out with are robbing you of your destiny. If you don't take it seriously and correct yourself, God says he will take your destiny away and give it to somebody else. And when he said that, the power of God hit me in this Walmart. And I almost collapsed to my knees and wept. And I made the correction. I immediately blocked all of those people out of my life. And I have not had one conversation with any of them since. I chose my destiny. Decisions will determine your destiny. The decision of who I was hanging around with was about to rob me of my destiny. 
But what God did because of that decision is he put me in the presence of great men of God and they actually increased my capacity and brought me to a totally different level by the gift and power of impartation. Hey, Brett. So look at the lives of Moses and Joshua. Moses was raised up. And remember, God uses people. The devil uses people, but God uses people. God told Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. I've come down to deliver them. Now go deliver them. And Moses was like, what? Like you just said, you came down to deliver them. What do you mean I've got to go deliver them? God anoints somebody to deliver his people. Always. You are anointed to deliver people. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to deliver people. To preach the gospel. To preach deliverance to the captives. The opening of prison doors to those that are enslaved. The sight to the blind to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You've been anointed to deliver people in your generation. But you've got to connect to somebody who's done it in their generation to be successful. Spiritual vagabonds never last very long. For example, even Moses had Jehu. And then Joshua had Moses. It says in the last chapter of Deuteronomy, God told Moses, lay your hands on Joshua and impart some honor to him. And then you see immediately in Joshua chapter 1, after Moses had died, what did God say? He passed on his mantle through impartation and he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Find the man of God that you've been assigned to. And what God's done with them, he'll do with you. If you honor them with your word, with your deed, and with your substance. Remember, Joshua was the only one that went all the way up the mountain with Moses. And when Moses did the 40-day fast, it says Joshua fasted with him. Joshua stayed in the presence of God with Moses when everybody else was afraid. Joshua followed Moses and believed in Moses and never corrected up with Moses. He kept a spirit of faith the whole time, never doubted his leadership, and he followed him the closest. Therefore, Joshua caught the mantle of Moses. It required sacrifice. Joshua went in with the 12 spies, spied out the land, came back with Caleb, and the Bible says they had a different spirit about them, the spirit of faith. They said, if God is with us, they knew God was with Moses. And because God was with Moses, God split the Red Sea. And because God split the Red Sea, he knew. Well. Because, because Joshua knew that God had split the Red Sea for Moses, he knew God was easily able to help them take down the giants and deliver their people into the promised land. That spirit of faith, he stuck with Moses through thick and thin. He didn't get offended. He didn't turn his back on Moses when others did. And because of that, he caught Mantle's Moses. Or <laughs> Mantle's Moses. Moses' mantle. Oh, that's funny. Elijah and Elisha. See, the reason why I felt led to teach on this tonight was because you hear so many times... People will say stupid things that they think sound right. And sorry, I got to vent a little bit. But they'll say stupid things that they think sound right. 
but they're not biblical. Like, be who God created you to be. Yeah, but no. Like, it sounds good, but it doesn't make any sense. Imagine if I took somebody on a team or took them into battle. And I said, all right, brother, you signed up for the army. I'm your general. Now go out there on the battlefield and be the warrior that God made you to be. With no training, no impartation, no teaching, no no discipline, no rebuking, no correcting, no nothing. It makes no sense. And although you have the Holy Spirit that teaches you, gives you revelation, bears witness with your spirit, you still have spiritual fathers and teachers. And they're crucial in your life. They will help you get places faster and further than you could get on your own. They speed up the process. So Elijah and Elisha. God told Elijah to anoint a king and also to go and call Elisha. So when Elijah calls Elisha, the significant thing about Elisha was that there were 50 other prophets at the time. And maybe even more. But we know that there were at least 50 other prophets at the time that followed and learned from Elijah. Because they mocked Elisha for the way that he served Elijah. And they said, as Elisha, Elisha, remember, Elisha had a barbecue. He cut up everything, took care of the oxen, and followed Elijah's every step. He left everything behind. Left everything to follow Elijah to catch that mantle. And he followed Elisha so quick or so closely that Elijah actually tried to get away from him. Elisha was with him all the time. He was vigorous. He was like, I'm getting that mantle. And in fact, I want a double portion. Even the prophet said, don't you know your master's going to be taken from you any day now? He knew. That's why he followed him so closely. And Elijah gave him so many opportunities to turn away. And he said, no, no, no. I'm remaining faithful. No matter what happens, no matter what river we cross, no matter what town we go into, no matter what anybody else says, I'm sticking by your side. And finally, Elijah got fed up with it. And he said, all right, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want impartation. Why? Because Elisha knew he was called of God, but it would have taken him his entire life to get to the point that Elijah got to, to pay the price for the oil, the revelation. It would have taken his entire life to get to that place on his own. But he knew if I could just serve this man of God, I'll get what he has and even double because God is able. And he didn't have to wait 60 years. He got it the day Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind of fire. That's the importance of impartation. Impartation eliminates limitations. Somebody type that in the comments. Impartation eliminates limitations. It says in Isaiah 10, 27, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Somebody with the anointing who is free from something that you're not free from, whether it's poverty, disease, sickness, addiction, whatever it is, somebody with the anointing and freedom from that thing by impartation sets you free from that thing. Impartation eliminates limitations. It increases your capacity.
You know what they said about Elisha? They said Elisha was the only one that poured hand or poured water on the hands of Elijah. Elisha was the only one who humbled himself enough to serve a man of God. If he would have done that today, people would have said, wow, he's worshiping the man of God. Look at that. That man of God's taking glory away from Jesus because they don't understand honor. But because Elisha was the only one to pour water on the hands of Elijah, he got what nobody else got, and he got double. He got double because of his humility and because of his honor. Think about Jesus and the apostles. Peter, James, and John followed and served Jesus the closest. They got what the rest of the apostles didn't get. Now, they all caught impartation, but those three got something more. They got a double portion. They were on another level. Peter's shadow was healing the sick. They were on a totally different level. And think about Paul and Timothy. Paul never told Timothy, Timothy, be who God created you to be. You don't need me, Timothy. You got the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about listening to my teachings or my advice. You're good, bro. Never said that. Even though Paul's responsible for most of the writing in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit. He was well aware that there's an anointing in us and upon us to teach us all things. He was well aware. But he was also well aware that having a spiritual father got you there faster. And by wisdom, you could learn from his mistakes and not have to make them on your own impartation is one of the major keys that will determine your destiny. You are a product of who lays hands on you. You are a product of who lays hands on you. I remember evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I was going to his meetings and before him, I had seen some people healed when I had prayed for them, but I'd never had any crazy miracles. I never had anybody healed of cancer or anything like that. So I was hungry. I was thirsting for it. And I drove to New Mexico to one of his meetings. And I sowed financial seed. I honored him with my time, with my words, and with my substance. And as he was laying hands on people, he came up to me. He didn't know any of this. And he laid hands on me. And he said, the same signs that follow my ministry will now follow your ministry. The week after that, I believe, I came back. I laid hands on a young man who was diagnosed with cancer. And he got healed. And those signs began to follow my ministry by impartation. Just like Paul said, I long to impart to you a spiritual gift. Impartation eliminates limitations. There's heavenly treasures hidden in earthen vessels. If you'll honor them, you'll get what's on their life. Think about great men of God. Like Billy Graham, who didn't have a spiritual son, really. He had his own son, but he nobody carried Billy Graham's mantle after he left. You, you didn't see anybody catch it? It was, uh, for lack of better words, a wasted mantle. William Branham. They called him Brother Branham instead of Prophet Branham. And because they treated him like a brother in Christ and they treated him as common, they didn't treat him as a prophet from God, one of the greatest prophet offices that have ever touched the face of the earth was wasted and nobody caught his mantle 
Nobody in America walked in that kind of power ever since. Because they treated it as common and they didn't get the impartation. But I'm telling you, if you'll learn from this tonight and you access the law of impartation, you will reach areas and levels in your walk with the Lord that you didn't even think possible. That you didn't even think possible. Paul told Timothy, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. If you treat your pastor like he's just another bro, like I I think about, and I'm not trying to like roast anybody right now or provoke anybody, but I think about the church that we're currently plugged into. And it's not, this is just one example. I've seen many. And uh, there's many people that call our pastor by his first name. And because they refuse to acknowledge his office, they will never receive from it. If you don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord with your confession, do you receive him as your Savior? No, you don't. It says you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So the moment that your pastor is known by his first name and not acknowledged by his office, you will never receive from that office. But when you acknowledge a prophet as a prophet, Jesus says you'll receive a prophet's reward. When you acknowledge a pastor as a pastor, you'll receive a pastor's reward. You'll receive the abundance of that office through your confession. Amen. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Paul spoke to Timothy as a son in the Lord. To Timothy, my son in the faith. Spiritual sons go even deeper than natural sons. Because spiritual sons catch your spirit. Natural sons will inherit your natural material things in life. But a spiritual son will inherit your spirit, which is eternal. Hey, John, good to see you, brother. My true son in the faith. If Paul had a family, we don't know if he did or not. There's no documentation of it in the Bible. But if Paul had a family, his son might have gotten his tent that he made. Might have got like his boat. Maybe his shoes. Timothy caught his mantle. And Timothy pastored the largest church on the planet at the time. After Paul had passed in Ephesus. Receiving spiritual things will take you much further in life than anything in the natural. The best part is it'll actually become a magnet for the natural. Who you sit under will reflect the grace that you will carry. If the man of God that you sit under is not broke, you will never be broke. As long as your heart is right. If they walk in miracles, you'll walk in miracles. Remember Elisha caught Elijah's mantle and he went to the Jordan River and he took the mantle and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he split the sea. 
And at that time, all the other prophets came and they bowed down before him and they said, surely the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. I remember some people, after sitting in Brother Jonathan's meetings, people would come up to, uh, to other people that knew myself and, and uh, knew my team, and they'd say, man, those guys, they just they sound like somebody. They sound like somebody else. And we got rebuked for it. They said, you're starting to sound too much like Brother Jonathan. Yo, I don't know if you noticed, but before, when I sounded like Talon, I was going nowhere. But the moment that I caught the spirit of Evangelist Jonathan, all of a sudden I saw increase in the ministry. Now I'm not saying that I go and I mimic and I mock, but I do follow him as he follows the Lord. And my spiritual father, Pastor Stan Pody, I follow him as he follows the Lord. That's right, Trisha. Pastor Jonathan says where you sit matters. Exactly. Psalm chapter 1, who you walk with, who you stand with, and who you sit with matters. The goal is to sound like and reflect the grace that you sit under. That's right. Caesar said, I sound like Talon sometimes. Amen. I listen to people that, that sit under me and I listen to them pray and they've caught my spirit. They sound like me. That's how you know you're good metal. You're conductible for the anointing. It means you're not so arrogant that you don't receive from somebody. It means you're capable of receiving somebody's spirit through impartation. It's a very powerful thing. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul told the Corinthian church, follow me as I follow Christ. Who are you following as they follow Christ? Because that will reflect where you'll end up. If you don't think you need a pastor, you don't think you need a church, you don't think you need spiritual authority above you, you will burn out or blow up before you know it. That's not a prophetic word. That's a truth. That's just how it goes. Any person that doesn't submit to somebody that's above them never makes it very far. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. Somebody type that in the comments for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. I hope people are getting something tonight. This will feed your spirit. If you get a hold of this, man, you'll be unstoppable in the kingdom of God. You'll only go up. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. Paul said, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are assembled along with my spirit in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, then deliver him to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. So Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and he says, when you assemble, my spirit is there. When you're with a prophet of God, they impart their spirit where they go. To those that are underneath them, they impart their spirit. How would you have liked to be? underneath Paul the apostle and to catch that spirit because if you catch that spirit you're guaranteed if your heart is right to walk in that grace and to produce what that man produced and you can even contend for a double portion like Elisha did imagine walking in a double portion of what Paul had 
Imagine walking in a double portion of the person that you're sitting under right now. So not only do you serve to catch what they have, but you contend for double by the way that you serve, by the way that you honor. And only God can do that. He said it again to Colossians, to the Colossians in chapter 2, verse 5. He said, I've imparted my spirit to you. He said, I'm there in spirit. Many people think he was just saying, well, you know, like it's a Christian cliche. Hey, I can't be there, man. Like I know that we're supposed to get dinner tonight, but I'm there in spirit. No, you're not. You have no idea what you're talking about. What it means to be somewhere in spirit means that that there's somebody there that carries your spirit. There's somebody there that's drawn on your mantle, on your anointing, and they carry your spirit. So ask yourself, whose spirit do I carry? Who do I sound like? Who do I function like? Because what they get and what they have is what you shall receive and what you, I, I want to say, entitled to walk in. What you can believe to walk in according to the grace that's been imparted to you. For example, my spiritual father, Pastor Stan Pody. He is not broke. I will never be broke. He walks in a strong anointing to preach, to minister, to prophesy. I put a demand on that grace because I'm under it. I serve it. I sow into it. Because of it, I carry it. And I settle for nothing less. Amen. All right, I'll close up here. Hopefully people are getting, if you're getting something from this, somebody put a hand clapping emoji in the comments for me. I want to make sure people are getting getting this. Sometimes when you get into deep spiritual things, it's like 50-50. You'll get half the people that just don't care and they just leave. Then you'll get some people that are like, duh, and they just don't know how to receive. But then you'll get a couple, like Jesus had a couple, that could receive. And I believe, yeah, I see your hands in the comments. I believe we got people on here tonight that are receiving. Praise the Lord. Oh, Faith said, uh, do you think this principle also applies to live streamers you watch and so into? Absolutely, Faith. You can be connected from afar. You can be connected from afar. That's why Paul said, I'm not there with you in person, but my spirit is with you. Same thing with the Philippian church. Remember, the Philippian church supplied for Paul financially, and he blessed them from afar. He said, it will be added to your account, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He gave them a prophetic word because they were plugged in financially from afar. For example, most of the people, actually almost all the people right now, because of where I live, I'm connected to from afar, but there's no distance in the spirit. So distance has nothing to do with it. It has to do with faithfulness. It has to do with, with, uh, with moving the heart of who you're under. Remember, Jacob said, or was it Isaac? I think it might have been Isaac. He said, make for me my favorite food so that my soul is compelled to bless you. Your offering compels the person that you're under to bless you. The way that you sow into a person will compel them to bless you. For example, there's a very high up man of God, seasoned man of God, sat under prophet Hagen, just 
phenomenal. And I sent him an offering that must have moved his heart one day. Because all of a sudden, I had his personal phone number and he was texting me scriptures that he was praying over me. Do you know, that's right, it is Isaac. Do you know how powerful it is to have a seasoned man of God who's earned trust with the Lord praying for you? Because a seed that you planted moved his heart? It will do things that you could never do on your own. And I'm not saying to buy favor. I'm talking about sowing seed that moves hearts. It will open doors of impartation that will take you to new levels. Praise God. I hope somebody's getting this tonight. This is deep. This is deep. Thank the Lord. Paul said to the Romans, I'm looking to impart. I'm looking to impart a spiritual gift into you that you might be strengthened. Because Paul had something that they needed, and he knew that if I could get it to you, it'll strengthen you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, you can write that down. It says, therefore be imitators of those who through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. Be imitators of those. Do you know what it means to imitate somebody? Do what they did to get a result. Be an imitator of those who through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. Does somebody have what you want? Are they walking in the blessing and the promise that you want? Imitate them, follow them as they have followed the Lord, and you will have what they have through faith and patience. Be imitators. It doesn't say just sit there and pray and believe that you will get. No, it says here's a, here's a fast pass to the promises of God. Be imitators of those who through faith and patience have obtained them. And then through faith and patience, you'll either obtain them yourself or they'll just simply be imparted to you. For freely you have received, therefore you freely give. So when you sit under a man of God, you'll receive stuff that you didn't even have to pay the price for. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. A conqueror in Christ would be somebody that fought with him in the battle. But we're more than conquerors because he fought the battle and we received the inheritance from it. We didn't even have to fight the battle. You can be more than a conqueror, even with impartation. That's exactly right, Brooke. What a blessing. Impartation is, is so powerful. Is so powerful. And I'll probably have to take a whole week to teach on it, honestly. But tonight I want you to understand impartation. Who lays hands on you? Who you submit to will determine your destiny. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then I'm going to pray for people. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says this, But we have renounced the secret things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but expressing the truth and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That is not what I was looking for. That is a good scripture, but... Uh, 
Oh, verse 7. Sorry, not verse 2. That was my bad. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency of the power being from God and not from being from ourselves. Somebody type in the comments, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. Thank you, Trisha. You're awesome. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's the excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. So there's grace from God. There's there's heavenly treasures that are installed in earthen vessels that you must obtain by honor. Every person that sat under Bensonito Hosa in Africa and honored him faithfully now has the biggest churches on the planet. Same thing with those that learned from David Yonggi Cho, Pastor David Yonggi Cho. He had the biggest church in South Korea, even in the, in the world. And those that sat under him and learned from him through faith and patience obtained the promises that he had. Who lays hands on you will determine your destiny in life. All right, I'll read you one more. And then I'll pray for people and I want to share a story with you about what changed my life when I got deeper revelation on this. And I understood how honor worked. And I realized it was a, a fast track to catching what's on somebody's life. And now you have to understand, you serve the anointing. You can't buy the anointing. Remember what happened when Simon the sorcerer tried to buy the anointing from Peter? Peter almost cursed him. You can't buy the anointing. You serve the anointing. You sow into the anointing. You submit to the anointing. And eventually you'll catch the anointing. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, when we bring tithes and offerings to men, and we give offerings to men, it says, although men receive it on earth, it's received into the hands of Jesus in heaven. Angels keep track of every time that we give. And Jesus receives our tithes and our offerings on the earth. When I understood that by sowing into the anointing, I received impartation, my life changed forever. I sowed into my pastor for the first time. Well, it doesn't matter when that was. But when I had sowed into him for the first time, I sent him $1,000. And at the time, I believe it was the biggest I had ever sent to anybody at one time before. I sent him $1,000 because I acknowledged the anointing. I acknowledged the office. And I sowed into it. And when I did that, this is just me telling you the truth. The finances in our ministry and in my personal life went whoop, shot up. Like not even one level. I'm talking about doubled, even tripled in six months. Just went whap. It was like whoo, exploded. We started feeding more kids. We started doing more than we had ever done. A fresh grace came on me to be more productive. It was like I hit a vein. That changed everything. So when you sow in to those that you've been assigned to, you tap into the grace. There's an old saying that says you sow up for the blessing to come down. We, we give honor up, we give honor down, we show honor all around. But the Bible says you are worth, or those that labor in the word and doctrine are worthy of double honor. Double honor. That word honor means substance. It means finances. It literally means money. 
They're worthy of double pay. They're worthy of double honor. Paul wrote in Galatians, share all good things with those that labor in doctrine and with those of the household of faith. When I got a hold of that and I started sowing into my pastor, my life has never been the same. Jesus said, where a man's money is, there his heart will be also. Where your heart is will determine what grace you receive. Ah, such a powerful spiritual truth. Praise God. Well, I love you. And I hope you receive something tonight. Praise the Lord. God is good. Man, we got a lot of people watching tonight. I'm so thankful. Impartation eliminates limitations. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to pray for impartation for people tonight. I'm going to pray that God raises you to a new level. I'm going to pray that there's a fresh oil that comes on your head. Hello, Linda. Love you. Praise God. Well, if you receive something tonight, before I pray for people, I'm going to give people an opportunity to sow into the ministry. In case you didn't know, i got to reach forward on this item right now. That's all right. This is cool. In case you didn't know, we just increased our giving, and we're now feeding 1,200 kids every single day. In other, or I'm sorry, every single month in other countries. Yeah, every single day. Yo, that would have been a jump. But we're officially feeding 1,200 kids in other countries every single month. I told you last month we were going to bump it from 900 to 1,000. But we bumped it from 900 to 1,200 because God is good. And uh, he supplies all of our needs and people need to be taken care of. So he's put us in a position to take care of people. We take care of people. If you want to help us to take care of the poor and to feed 1,200 kids every single month, these are the different ways that you can help. We also faithfully sow into 11 or more ministries every single month that are out preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick, leading people to Jesus, and they're also feeding those that are hungry. And as you know, our vision is to light Generation Z on fire with the gospel, to carry the fire of revival throughout this generation so that people fall madly in love with Jesus. They get saved, they get healed, they get delivered, they prosper as their soul prospers. And this Generation Z will be shaken by the power of God. So, if you have a heart for sowing into Generation Z and for feeding the hungry, these are the different ways you can give through Cash App at Dollar Sign Revival Way, Venmo at Revival Way, and PayPal at Revival Way. Or you can go to our website, RevivalWay.com, and click Partner Financially today. I'd encourage you, ask the Lord, what represents your best tonight? When I gave that big seed, that sacrificial offering to my pastor, not only did I receive oil and anointing and impartation, God took me to a totally different level. I raised levels. And that's available for you tonight as well. I believe in the name of the Lord. So I want to thank everybody for sowing tonight. Thank you for giving. We're very grateful that you would join us in this mission to bring revival to Generation Z. Praise God. I'd encourage you. Whatever represents your best. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray over your seed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every person that sows into this ministry tonight. Thank you that this is good soil. Multiply their seed back to them in the mighty name of the Lord, Jesus Christ.
pressed down, shaken together, and running over, let it multiply into their bosom in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Well, let me get this off the screen. I also want to give people an opportunity to receive impartation. So thank you for your giving. If you missed the giving slide and uh, you'd still like to give, we got poor connection apparently on my phone. Sorry on Instagram. Oh, my live just got ended on Instagram. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties on Instagram. Don't know what happened. But that's all right. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, you get some impartation. Wherever you're at right now, whatever you're believing for, I want you to put your hands up in a posture to receive. Close your eyes. And I'm going to pray that God pours out fresh oil on you. Father, every person that's connected themselves to this well of oil. I release fresh oil on them in this very moment in Jesus' mighty name. I pray now, Holy Ghost, that you would come upon every person on the other side of this screen afresh today. Fresh eyes for the prophetic, fresh revelation, fresh authority and boldness in the Spirit. Lift them up tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Might they move to another level in the Spirit. They'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone that received it said amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Remember, impartation eliminates limitations. Who lays hands on you will greatly determine your destiny. We're thankful for impartation. God is good. God is good. Thank you, everybody that gave. And those of you right now that maybe you're listening on podcast or you're watching this after it's already been posted, understand there's no time in the Spirit. So even as you give right now, as your faith is stirred, you can still tap in to everything I just said with your giving. Well, I love you. Don't forget, join me tomorrow night. We're going to cover part two of this series. And uh, tomorrow night's going to blow your mind. So you don't want to miss this. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't already. And share this with somebody. Share this with somebody that needs to know the power of impartation. And it will bless them. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow night.